Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. This morning I will continue from where I stopped last week as I talk about investment. And so today's topic is investment part two and the subtopic is investing in treasures. Investing in treasures. Hallelujah. Praise God. Investing in treasures. But let's take our lead scripture, Galatians chapter 6. I would like to quickly deal with that because I promise I was going to deal with that. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. God will never be mocked, for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that you planted. If you plant corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, some translation use the word selfishness. If you plant selfishness, you can expect a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, we reap beautiful fruits that grow from everlasting life of the spirit. Father, your word will deliver. Your word will give us liberation. Your word will translate us from one degree of glory to another one. As your word comes forth today, let there be burning in our hearts. Let our lives be transformed indeed. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Praise God. So this scripture is very straightforward, you know. What you sow, that's what you reap. That is a principle. You know, last week I showed you that there is a principle of sowing and reaping. You know, today, you are where you are, or what you are today is as a result of the things that you sowed in the past. That's the truth. So some of you are highly read. Some of you have masters, some have PhD. Some of you have been promoted where you are working because of the investments you made in yourself. Life is not about rocket science. And let me make this statement. God's desire is that we live based on the principles that he has established. His desire is that we live based on the principles that he has established. For example, if you invest in eating well, for example, you eat healthy, you take fruits, you take veggies, you, know, you, you, you eat good food not just you know, food that will build different things in your body. You eat food that will build your immunity. You are investing in your immunity. What happens is that you will live healthy. A lot of people are sick, not because there's any witch worrying them. It's because of the kind of food that they are eating. So life is about what you do. So that's why this place said, no man reaps what he didn't plant. It is what you have sown, that is what you reap. Some of you are educated, like I've mentioned before, before you, because you went to school. You have invested in knowledge. If you invest in knowledge, what you get, you, be, you become a scholar. That's the truth. So some of you have a lot of friends who at beck and call can meet your needs for you because you have invested that initial in relationships. 
So if you invest in relationships, what you get is goodwill. It's as simple as that. So never you forget that the life is all about sowing and reaping. And sowing and reaping is a universal principle, very key. So today, begin to ask yourself, what do I want to celebrate December 31st, 2022? What you want to celebrate in December 31st, 2022 will not be out of what you have invested in January or before January. I tell you the truth. You know, I, I um, started off my career as an advertising uh, practitioner or what you call a brand specialist. You know, so there was a time I was working with my boss. And so we wanted to hit the following year big. And so my boss said, let's go marketing. Let's go and, you know, talk to those big clients of the things that we can offer for them in the following year. So we went out, and in the process, she came back. She saw someone and said, wow, you know, okay, it was the following year, when the year now started, where we were trying to struggle to meet our targets, she was saying of, of another colleague in another company who was cruising, and that one said the year before, they had invested in a lot of sales and marketing, and so right now what they are doing is to enjoy all the things that they have sown. And so, that's how it is. You will struggle if you don't invest. If you don't invest, tendency or chances are that you will struggle. For example, some of you, if you need 5K, there is nobody you can call. Just 5K. Let me even reduce it, 2K. You need 2K, there's nobody you, have, you can call. That is because before now, you have not invested in friendship, or more like quality friendship. Jesus was never stranded. Read the life of Jesus. There was a time when a lot of women and people were following Jesus. They were stuffed. They were people who were giving to the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was a relational guy. A guy who saw Zacchaeus, a short guy, who couldn't see Jesus. He saw him in the tree and said, come down, I will be in your house today. How do you think that kind of guy will feel for a man such famous, a man such as powerful as he is, condescending and whining and dining in the house of a task collector who was seen as a dubious fellow? Jesus was a relational guy. So little wonder when people, which I believe it was God orchestrated, when it was time for the Jews to deal with Jesus in terms of arresting him and taking him to the cross eventually, the guys that patronized Jesus were not part of the meeting. People like Nicodemus, people like Joseph of Arimathea, who were members of the Sahandrin, they were not there because if they were there, they would have said, don't touch this guy, this is our guy. Jesus was a relational person. 
That's the truth. Some of you are into businesses today. Your business is not flourishing because you are not investing in relationship. It's as simple as that. I'll give you an example. I have a family doctor, but I don't go there all the time because I don't fall sick all the time. And my children don't fall sick all the time. It's the grace of God. So, but when I go, just yesterday, I took somebody to the hospital. And he was not around. So as I was leaving the hospital in the morning, he saw me and we, we chatted long time. You know, we, we, we chatted. And I like the doctor. He's very high, highly relational. When my, when my wife was pregnant with our second baby, he, it was as if the second baby was like going to be overdue because she was expecting water to burst. Or something. She was very relaxed. It was the doctor that was calling my wife to say, Como? You know, it's time for you to have your baby. He's, he follows up on your case. You know, there are doctors like that, right? That's how this chap is. You cannot come to him with a, an issue and he will leave you alone. He will follow up. In short, when you get to the hospital, the way he will attend to you, you want to come back. But I have seen some doctors. And look at, I mean, this guy, name with help, is doing fantastically well as a consultant. And I see people coming. He's just relational that way. I've seen some doctors, when you're trying to strike interaction with them, it's okay, and what is the problem? Okay, what drug? They'll just be angry. They will be angry, the fact that you are trying to strike interaction with them. You think such people, patients who want to come back to them? No, they won't come back. They will come back. It's the beginning of the year. How are you sowing? How are you sowing? All those guys that gave you business last year, for example, did you call them on Christmas Day? On New Year Day, have you wished them a happy New Year? Did you send them a thank you message or something? A token to say thank you. We had a fa fantastic relationship last year. Let's do it big again this year. How are you investing and what are you investing? It's very important. It is what you invest in that you get. That's what the scripture is saying. And let me debunk a, a particular gospel that is wrong. Now listen, when you are born again, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. New creation means that you are now born again. You no longer existed. Your spirit is brand new. In the sight of God, God does not see you as the sinner you used to be. You now have the nature of God, the spirit of Jesus. That's what scripture says. Now, the things you did when you were not born again, you can no longer reap them. Hello? You cannot reap them. The things you did when you were not born again can no longer come back to haunt you. No, because your nature has been jettisoned. Your old nature is dead. You are now a new nature, new creation. So when I hear people say that the reason why they are facing the kind of challenges or the problems that they are facing is because of when, what they did when they were not born again, that is not true gospel. Listen, when God forgives you, he forgives you and never remembers. When it comes to the dynamics of forgiveness of sin... God does not remember when he forgives. So when you confess your sin, for example, which a lot of us do, 
and you are naming the sin, God will be asking himself, what exactly is this guy talking about? Because as far as I'm concerned, I do not remember. The reason why God does not remember is because of Jesus. That's it's as simple as that. Jesus has paid the ultimate sacrifice for sin once and for all. Once and for all. Nobody is going to pay the ultimate sacrifice anymore. So, if today you are facing one or two issues of life and you are relating it to what you did when you were not born again, that is a lie from the pit of hell that is giving you those suggestions. That's the devil. That's why the Bible says he's been lying all this while. And he puts guilt into your spirit. Remember I talked about guilt the other time. He puts guilt into your spirit. So when the Bible says whatever you sow, that's what you reap, it's not talking about you that is born again now. That scripture is talking about, you know, Paul was talking about how people were going to give and, you know, uh, give for a particular cause. He was talking about how people were going to give for a particular cause. And he now said, if you sow sparingly, you are going to reap sparingly. So he was saying, so big. So big because it is what you sow in terms of investment, that is what you reap at the end of the day. Hallelujah. Let me give you a very simple example. You know, marriage is very sweet. Pastor Patrick, do you agree with me? Listen, let me put it this way now. Women react more to love than to give love. When you invest in a woman, you show her that you love her, that you care about her, and she understands it and sees the trust and sincerity in you. She gives herself to you. Am I correct, women? That's the truth. So, you see, some men, some of you, some of you men are angry that your wife is not, is not firing on all cylinders. Chances are that you are not investing enough into her. When you invest in a woman, she naturally submits to you. Women are fantastic when it comes to submission. When a woman is heady, check, something is wrong. I'm telling you, women are fantastic. When it, you see, women are, look, we, more women follow Jesus. They believe, you know, women are very easy to, <laughs> women, we, when, women naturally follows. They follows. Look, who, who were the people around the, the, the cross? So women. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you invest in a woman, your wife, for example, she naturally submits to you. That's how it is. So life is about sowing and reaping. What are you sowing? That's the question. Are you really sowing? If you are sowing, therefore, look at what you are reaping. Look at what you are reaping. Mary and Martha... They invested so much in the ministry of Jesus that Lazarus was a personal friend to Jesus. That Jesus had to wait three days because he wanted to raise him from the dead. And he went to raise him from the dead. So, how are you investing and, and, and what are you investing? Those are the things that you need to talk about. All right, I've said that. Let me quickly go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Give me Matthew chapter 6. I want to read verse, um, verse 16. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. 
So I just needed to clear that air so that you begin to invest. Quality investment. Quality investment. That is what you need. Quality investment. Now, look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. This is what Jesus Christ said. When you fast, don't look gloomy and pretend to be spiritual. They want everyone to know that they are fasting. So they appear in public looking miserable and disheveled. Sorry, I'm reading from the TPT. Believe me, they have already received their reward. When you fast, don't let, let it be obvious, but instead watch your face and groom yourself and realize that your father in secret places and your father who sees all you do will reward you openly. Look at verse, I want to read verse 19. Don't keep holding for yourself earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves, material wealth, eventually rust, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile, that is, gather, deposit heavenly treasures for yourself that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue when you esteem as your treasure. Okay? For your heart will always be where your riches are. Today, like I said, I'm talking about treasures investing in treasures. So I began to ask myself, what treasures, what, what was it that Jesus was talking about? You know, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, he never really enthroned physical wealth. You know, I've read a lot about the ministry of Jesus, and I saw that he never really, you know, esteemed physical wealth. You know, but what he did more, he talked more about spiritual wealth and empowerment. Give me Luke chapter 12. I want to show you something in Luke chapter 12. Um, I'll read from verse 1. Quickly, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Okay. And a thousand of people crowded so that they were stepping on each other. Jesus said to his first disciple, be on guard against... Okay. Um, Let's read... uh, That would be too long if I go to... Let's read verse 9. Go to verse 9. Okay, but those who reject me publicly, the Son of Man will also reject them before the angels. Okay, go continue. Let's, let's continue to read that. Whoever says a word against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but whoever says evil against the Son will not be forgiven. Okay, go on. And when they bring you to be tried in the synagogue before Governor Judah, do not be worried about how you will defend yourself, Okay. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at what time what you shall say. A man in the crowd said to teacher, tell my brother to divide with me the property our father left. Jesus answered, friend, who gave me the right to judge or to divide the property between you? So Jesus was saying, who made me a judge over you and your brother? The guy came and said, tell my brother to give me my own part of the inheritance. Look at verse 15. And when he said to them, watch out and guard yourself from every kind of greed. There's a translation that uses the word conversiousness. Because your true life is not made up of the things that you own, 
no matter how rich you may be. So Jesus was saying, guard your heart because life does not consist on the abundance of what you have. You know, it, it's not about how much you have. Not, not, read down. Let, there's a story about Jesus, uh, Jesus gave. Then Jesus told them a, a, this parable. There was once a rich man who had land, he bought good, good crops, go down, and he began to think to himself, I don't have a place to keep all this crop. What can I do? Okay? This is what I would do. He told himself, I would tear down my bounds and build bigger ones where I will store the grain and all my other goods. Go on. Then I will say to myself, lucky man, you have all the good things you need for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool, this very night you will have to give up your life. Then you will get all these things you have kept for yourself. And Jesus concluded, this is how it is for those who pile up riches for themselves. But are not rich in God's, eye, in God's sight or in God's eyes. Then Jesus said to the disciples, And so I, I tell you not to worry about the food you need to stay alive or about the clothes you need, to, uh, you need for your body. Life is much more important than food and the body much more important than clothes. Look at the, at the crowds. That's the foul. They don't, they, don't, they don't plant seeds or gather a harvest. They don't, they don't have storage rooms or barns, but God feeds them. You are what so much more than birds. Can any of you have a bit longer by worrying about it? So in a nutshell, what Jesus was saying, the fact that you have riches does not mean that you are wealthy. Okay? So what he was saying was that your relationship with God is what matters. So... Jesus is saying, it is good to have wealth, but you must understand that consuming those wealth to your physical body, on your physical body, is not the priority. The priority, if you read Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says, do not worry what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, for these are the same things that pagans worry about. But he now says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing shall be added. Therefore, the things that you should worry about is the kingdom. Hallelujah. The things that you should worry about is what? Is the kingdom. Very important. Give me that um, Luke chapter 12 verse 31. 31, please. Just go to 31 straight. Let me not bore you with too much reading this morning. Luke chapter 12 verse 31. Instead, be concerned with his kingdom. And he will provide you these things, okay? Be concerned with his kingdom, and he will provide you with these things. What are treasures? Treasures are intangible wealth stored in heaven. Treasures are rewards stored up in heaven. So the treasure that Jesus was talking about that you should invest in is not the physical type of a treasure where moat and worms and things will get it will get rusty you know the other day somebody was sharing with me how a lot of people have stashed money in the bank and um, you know because you know nobody knows about those monies and they passed on and you know the money just went like that a lot of people have investments in in in, in the in the physicalities of this world and because they were invasive, they, were, they didn't release information maybe to their family members, and those investments are gone. So Jesus is saying a time will come 
where all of those things that you have put money in will begin to rust. For example, I saw a video of a rich man in 1960-something, not particularly sure of the year, 1960-something, and they showed his garage. My God, those cars, you cannot drive them on the street right now because they are old-school cars. And they showed his house. His house is, is, is old-school as well. And so you see, trends, trends have a way of reducing stuff that you have bought with money. Do you understand what I'm saying? So for most of these flashy cars you see right now, a time will come 20 years from now, if Jesus tarries, you will see that people will say, ah, this one is old school. Most of these fine houses you see, the same thing, 30 years from now, they will be old school. That's the truth. Some of, some of, the, some of the clothes that you think you are reserving for your children, they will not wear it because it will be old school. I recall my dad bringing his, his, his trousers, you know, and he brought all his trousers and gave to me and my younger brother. <laughs> and my, brother, my younger brother is more outspoken than me. I mean, I'm more reserved. So I collect, we collected the trousers. Thank you, Daddy. And to be honest with you, we never wore those trousers because they were old school trousers. But my, when he, I think he gave to my brother again, and my brother had to tell him, say, Daddy, I cannot wear these trousers. My dad said, why? These are new trousers. I just sold them. I didn't wear them, blah, blah, blah. And my brother said, the trouser looks like cutlass. You know? <laughs> when, <laughs> when those trousers are too lean for here, you come big. <laughs> he, said, he said, it looks like cutlass. I can't wear this one. You know? So they are old school. Money, money, no matter what you buy, buy a phone today, Apple will bamboozle you in another two years with another one. Are you getting what I'm saying? Buy a Toyota, buy a Lexus, buy whatever car you buy today with money. A time will come that it will become old school. So Jesus, even, even Naira, save, save in Naira, a time will come, devaluation will set in. Okay, even when you, you, you buy or you, you trade in USD, you trade in dollars, economy, you don't have power over the economy. Something can happen and the value will still drop. Are you getting what I'm saying? So Jesus is saying, no matter what you invest in, one day it will rust. Even if nothing happens to them, one day you yourself, you will die and leave these things. So Jesus was saying, how should you invest? Invest in intangible substance. I recall Pastor Chris dealt with intangible wealth when he was talking about the prodigal and his money. So you invest in intangible substance. Intangible substance, you know, are the real wealth. Jesus never promoted physical wealth. Read the scripture. Instead, he promoted spiritual wealth. He said, it is what you do that translates to what is recorded in heaven, that is what matters. Okay, very quickly, I will go straight to how do you store treasures? How do you invest in spiritual wealth as it were? Number one, service to God. Service to God. Matthew chapter 5. Give me Matthew, very quickly, give me Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 to 12. Matthew chapter 5. You need to invest in, in intangible wealth. Wealth that has to do with rewards in heaven, not rewards on earth. Okay. Happy are you when men insult you and persecute you and tell you all kinds of evil lies and tell all kinds of evil lies against you because you are my followers. Okay. So when you, when you follow Jesus, look, 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 go to 12. Be happy and be glad for a great reward is kept for you in heaven. So when men 
insult you. Men pass courses on you. Now lay you day, you two they go church. This year, waiting self, you two they pray. When we begin to cast aspersion on you because of the spiritual propensity that you are expressing, Jesus is saying, Be happy, be glad, because your reward is in heaven. You are depositing treasures in heaven, not on earth. He said, be happy and be glad, for great reward is kept for you in heaven. This is how the prophets who lived before you were persecuted. So you are not the only one to be persecuted. People have been persecuted before now, and so you are not the only person. So if you gain persecution because of Jesus, what you have done is that you are storing treasures in heaven. And how do you get to this level? Service. Service. It's very important. Service. Your service to God, the Bible says, God is recording it in that you have ministered and do minister. You think your service to God through church, God is not saying it. God is saying it. When we're praying this morning, somebody quoted the scripture, you know, that a time will come when the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in sincerity, and it was Tega that quoted, in sincerity, I like that, in sincerity. So, worshiping God in spirit and in sincerity is a service, and that service is a reward that is recorded as a treasure in heaven. That's what I'm telling you this morning, hallelujah. That is what Jesus Christ recognizes. How do you store treasures in heaven? Number two, relationship with God. I just read Luke chapter 12 verse 31. So Jesus didn't recognize how wealthy that um, um, man was. The man said, oh, I have a lot of room now. I'm going to harvest my crops and I'm going to store them. And he said, my soul eats. You know, recently God, God brought my attention to motives. What is your motive why you want to have money, for example? Some of you don't have money, but you tell yourself, ah, if I get money, if I get money, ah, this I go shake him. This Lagos, I will shake him. Why do you want to have money? Because you want to consume it on your physical lust. You want to consume it on your physical lust. That is the ambition of the world. But the truth of the deal is study the scripture. As far as the scripture is concerned, your motive of having money is for kingdom expansion. Not to shake the town. Not to marry second wife. Or begin to, you know, disturb young girls up and down. You don't have the propensity to do that. So, the guy's problem was that he wanted to have more money, more food, just for flesh. Flesh. It's not just for flesh. And Jesus said, your soul is required. Therefore... The second thing you do when you store up treasures is your relationship with God. Your relationship with God is more important than even the physical treasures. Because you see, the physical treasures, one day you are going to leave them. But your relationship with God is, where, is what determines where you will be when you leave this physical body. You must begin to think about life after death. It's very important. If Jesus does not come you know, why you are still alive. 
definitely one day all of us will leave this place and your relationship with God is the deposit that you have put in heaven. Is the deposit that you have put in heaven. So while you pursue physical wealth, let it not be at the detriment of your relationship with God. At the detriment of your relationship with God is a disaster. It's a disaster. Listen to me, child of God. If you die outside Christ, it's, a, it's the worst thing that is a tragedy. Money, money will come and go. I don't know how to put this now. Rich men die and they leave their wealth. And the only thing that they give to them as far as how wealthy they are is that small casket. That's all. That's all. And they put them on, that, on, 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 on six feet. So if you've made deposit in heaven, through your relationship with God, it settles your entire, entire investment both here and on earth. Very important. Please, pursue money, you know, make money. That's fine. I mean, make money. But do not do it at the detriment of your soul. That's what I'm preaching this morning. Your relationship with God is very important. The number three, giving to God. I would like to read this scripture. Luke chapter 21, 1 to 4. Luke chapter 21, 1 to 4. Let's quickly read that. Giving to God is very important. Luke 24, 21, 1 to 4. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. It was offering time. Verse 3. And he said of a truth, I say unto you, that this poor widow had cast in more than they, than they all. Why? Why did Jesus say this, this woman is more recognized? Look at verse 4. For all of these have of their abundance cast in, in unto the offerings of God. But she of her penury had cast in all the living that she had. Which means she gave out of a genuine motive in which she had small and she gave the small that she had. And God saw the small as big. So it's very important how you give to God. Your motive is very key. In terms of how has God blessed you. If God has blessed you so big and you are coming to give God peanut, your motive is not good. That's what Jesus is saying. God has blessed a lot of you here, for example. He has given you bigger deals and bigger contracts, for example, I'm just saying. And so out of the very big one that God has given to you, you are coming to give God small. It, it does not commensurate with it, with what God has blessed you. But this woman had small, right? And that small was actually the last that she had. Her motive was clean and she came and she dropped it. It was the same motive that Peter, George, when Ananias and Sapphira came, after they sold the land, what happened? They decided to purchase some. And they came with the idea of, oh, now this one, now we sell, oh. But Peter said, what, before now, the land are your own, now you say yes. So why have you decided to lie? So the point, therefore, is your motive can eliminate your giving. This is deep. Your motive can eliminate your giving. You must give right. Go back to that verse 4. For all these have their abundance counted the offerings of God. So this is what I want to bring out. Offerings of God. Anytime you give an offering, you are not giving it to church. You are not giving it to pastor. You are giving it to God. The reason why a lot of you don't give well is because you think that pastor wants to eat your money. 
Or you think that church wants to eat your money. A lot of people have brainwashed you. All kind of rubbish going on on the internet. And so, why would I give? My brother, you are giving to God. Offering don't take, not be today. You are giving to God. Your motive is very important. If your motive is wrong, it can negate everything. And there will be no blessing attached. I'm rounding off now. Giving to man, giving to man. Give me Luke chapter 12, verse 33 and 34. Giving to man. Another way you can lay treasures is when you give to man. Luke chapter 33, verse, Luke 12, 33. Quickly, please. Sell that you have and give alms. Provide yourself bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thieves approach, neither moth corrupted. So one of the ways you can lay treasures, Jesus was talking here, you know, I always tell you I respect what Jesus says, is to give alms, provide yourself bags which, which wax not old. So when you do that, what happens is that you are laying treasures in heaven. When you give, welfare, you, 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 when you produce welfare, you manifest welfare, you are also storing pre- uh, treasures in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. Then lastly, how do you store treasures in heaven? Lastly, kingdom business. Kingdom business. When you invest in kingdom business, you invest in any, all types of kingdom business, outreach, enrich, as the case may be, you are storing treasures in heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. For example, next week Sunday is our praise forward. And, you know, it's a custom here. It's a tradition already here. So your motive should be genuine. If God has blessed you tremendously, don't come and put five naira in the offering bowl. Don't come and put ten naira in the offering bowl. If God has blessed you, that is a wrong motive. Don't come and put more money there. Based on how God has blessed you, if God has blessed you in millions, give in millions. If God has blessed you in thousands, give in thousands. If God has blessed you in material things, for example, you should have a right motive for giving. It's very simple. This is the scripture. When you do all of these, what the Bible says is that you are laying treasures in heaven. Okay? Remember, the physical treasures, one day, they will go out of stock. They will grow out of value. That's the truth. So it is better you utilize them here now. Are you getting it now? So you can use the physical treasures to store spiritual treasures for yourself in heaven. That's the truth. Based on these things that I just mentioned right now, hallelujah, stand up on your feet. Praise God. Is somebody blessed this morning? Investment. Investment. This is another form of investment. You are investing in spiritual wealth. Spiritual wealth that your record is being kept in heaven. Your record is being kept in heaven. Praise God. When you win a soul, what happens also? You are investing in spiritual wealth. So this year, tell yourself, I am going to win souls. Once you win souls, that's part of kingdom business. Once you win souls, what you are doing is that you are investing in spiritual wealth. Hallelujah. Help me preach to your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Say neighbor, when you invest in spiritual wealth, 
God is keeping record in heaven. And that is what matters. Preach to your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Use your physical wealth to deposit in your spiritual wealth. Do you understand that now? Yes. Use what you have, your physical wealth. Deposit in your spiritual wealth. Treasures in heaven. That's what Jesus Christ said. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for your word that has come expressly this morning. We will constantly invest in the name of Jesus. Because you have told us that what we sow, as we sow in physical things, our treasures in heaven is being stored for us. Treasures is being stored for us in the name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. We thank you because, oh God, this is just one of those things. We are, we are moving forward. We are excelling in all that we do in the name of Jesus. And grace will continue to abound to us in all things. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International. Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.